Hey friends, this is Ryan Smith, pastor at Common Thread Church. I hope that you're having a good day today. Today is Monday. Um, we have got a snow day here in Arkansas, so we're kind of excited. Everyone's playing in the snow, having a good time. It is cold out there. But we are in a series here in our in our Threadcast. Um, we're calling this, uh, It's we're walking through uh, the book of Romans backwards, actually, and um, the title of, of our series is the, is the Best of Romans, Replacing Power and Privilege with Peace. And the concept here is we, we don't want to keep the vicious cycle of power being replaced with more power, but by offering a different way, a, a third way of living, if you will. And Paul um, is teaching his understanding of Jesus' teachings in this book. And Jesus' teachings was this concept through peace. But what the heck does that look like, right? Um, how is that practical? Um, that's kind of what we're wrestling with in all this. And, and we talked about that yesterday in our uh, Zoom gathering uh, for Common Thread. But today we're going to dive a little deeper into some of this as well. Um, but last week we learned that this came through, this, this concept of peace came through love. Um, and by clothing yourself with Christ, that, that to be able to love in this radical way, you had to first clothe yourself with Christ. And for Paul, this is all about a, a live theology. And when we say live theology, what we really mean by that is, how do you live now? How, what is, how is your life changed now? Not what is it going to look like in the future? What is it going to look for all eternity? Not the heaven thing, but, but this, this book is about what it means to live in the now, to be present now. So in Romans, Paul teaches this live theology. Um, and for Paul, this means being transformed to be more like Jesus. And so to be more like Jesus means you close your, close yourself, you clothe, close, clothe yourself with Christ. And this concept that you are changing, that you are called to be something more. Um, now, this isn't this idea about striving to be perfect, right? Because uh, sometimes when we talk these ways, we, we hear people say that, you know, that you're to live this way that just doesn't make sense. And so, one, it's a turnoff, and two, it's just un, uh, unattainable. Um, and so we already shoot ourselves in the foot in the beginning. This isn't about perfection, but it's about being something different, being more of what you were created to be. And so, you know, for some of us, you know, um, we'll even say, okay, I'll, I'll head down this path, but um, I'm only going to make a slight, you know, a slight change um, or something a little bit different. Uh, but this is, it's even though it's not calling us to perfection, it is still calling us to something radical, something different than what the world has to offer. And so, what does it mean to be transformed like Christ? In chapters 12 through 16, Paul doesn't um, necessarily lay out a list like, you know, A, B, C, or D, A, B, C, or D, but he does say, um, he does give markers and, and of what it looks like to be transformed, be transformed like Christ. And I would say there's three very intentional markers in these, in these four chapters, um, and for those who've been around Common Thread for a little while, you're going to hear a theme that we use a lot. And hopefully you'll see that this theme and language that we use is not made up by us, but that we are actually are being inspired by something greater and deeper. Today we're going to talk about that first marker of being conformed to be like Jesus. And that marker is this idea of God-centered. Um, that your life is focused towards something greater than you or anything in this world, something spiritual, something divine. For Paul, it's the concept of God or Yahweh. At Common Thread, we talk about the triangle, and uh, we use this concept of the triangle. And in the triangle, you have the up, in, and out. 
And so today the concept is the up, the, the relationship with the divine, with God, with Yahweh. And so for Paul to be God-centered, um, it looks like this. We're going to use Romans 12, 1 through 2 um, to kind of guide us. I'm going to read it to you. It says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And so this concept of uh, being God-centered, um, it lays out in these two verses. And the first one, the first um, thought on how to be God-centered or work on your up is this idea of sacrifice. You know, in verse 1, you see the word living sacrifice. Um, and so I want to kind of lead us through this. What does it look like to offer our bodies as living sacrifice? Where does this come from? And so first, you have to recognize um, that to, to offer your body as a living sacrifice, you have to first recognize that there's a transforming power out there, not because of you, but because of God, right? It says, so in there it says, in view of God's mercy or in view of God's mercy and grace. And what's interesting about that word mercy um, is it's actually plural. Um, and so it, it can actually, it should be read um, by the mercies of God. And so sacrifice happens. We can sacrifice because of God's goodness to the undeserving, to the adulterous, to the disobedient, to the sinful. So that so the God has mercy first, and then sacrifice can happen. Not because of who we are or how great we are, because of what God has done. And so when, when Paul introduces this idea of living sacrifice... Um, this is a new concept. Um, this is a radical concept. If you remember, if we're keeping this in context and remember when this was written and what's going on, he's talking to the, the, the church, the home churches in Rome, uh, during the, uh, the, the Roman Empire, Nero's in charge, right? And so, um, Roman people understand the concept of sacrifice, but for them, it was usually, um, the offering of animals or grains to gods in, in the local shrines or temples. But in the Christian sacrifice, in, in this concept, the sacrifice that Paul's introducing, it's embodied, it's an embodied way of life offered to the invisible, but the ever present God. So it's this actual living, you're offering your actual body uh, as a way of life. And so what do you, what you do is your sacrifice. So when you speak, when you listen, when you embrace, eat, drink, love, have sexual relations, guide children, offer wisdom, work, garden, pay taxes, offer visible expressions of care, respect, approve, disapprove, pray, participate in fellowship and worship instruction, instruction, you know, and this list could keep going. That when you do these things, your sacrifice is your embodied life, your living, breathing life. And so when we talk about sacrifice, um, he says that this is your your spiritual act of worship, your proper act of worship, right? And, and this concept of spiritual, you know, um, it almost seems like, oh, no, no, we're getting out of the embodied life. You know, it's no longer a part of it, but that it's, it's, you know, it's something outside of your body. It's in that ethereal world, if you will. But if you pay attention, 
this passage, it challenges what worship and spiritual are. And so for many people, worship is, is only the singing portion of the Sunday services, right? But this verse is saying our embodied daily life is our worship. And so Paul is replacing ordinary Roman acts of sacrifice in their home or on the public altars with their new Christ form lives. And so as being God-centered, we begin to, to, to give our bodies as a living sacrifice. And then in verse 2, he, he talks about this concept of the transform, that you're transformed by the renewing of your minds. Now, this word transformation has come into our English language as the word uh, metamorphosis. And I don't know if you can see this, this picture on here, that metamorpho um, there is the word metamorphosis. You know, and it's that concept of change. You know, metamorphosis exists in science um, all over. And it's this idea, it's this change. And for us, it's this change from within. And so, um, and there's, our mind is always being challenged to be changed, right? And so the world, the outside world wants us to change our mind. So it exerts pressure from within. But the Holy Spirit changes your mind by releasing power from within. So if the world controls your thinking, you are a conformer. But if God controls your thinking, you're being transformed. And so the, the other way that we're talking about being God-centered is allowing your mind, back to this verse, allowing your mind to be transformed by the renewing, uh, or, or for you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that God is the one who is transforming your mind. Um, and so how do you do that? Um, how do you do that? Um, I want to kind of... Um, offer maybe four practical ways. Um, the, these aren't necessarily original to me, but I just want to kind of um, pr- present them to you with the idea of what it means to ha- to have a transformed mind. Um, how do you do this? And, and the first one, the first concept is that you cooperate with God, not against God. And so uh, in, in having, in being God-centered, focusing on the up, you recognize that there is something divine, that there is something greater out there, and that you are going to allow that to have impact on you. Right. Um, and there's different stages of that. Right. There's some people who recognize that there is a God, but mm, I don't know that he really has any implication in my life. And this this transformation, this being God centered, it's the, it's a recognition of the divine, but also the submission to I'm going to start to allow my life, my mind to be impacted by God, by Yahweh. And I'm going to allow it to have influence over me. The second one, and this is a hard one, is that you accept correction and rebuke you with humility. So when you recognize there is the God, there is the divine, there is something greater, you also recognize that maybe your life has not been what it should be, right? That the things that you're doing, no matter at what stage you, you come to grips with the concept of that I'm going to cooperate with God, you recognize that what I have been doing may need to be corrected, may need that I may need to be rebuked, that I may need to be um, disciplined, and that you hear that with humility. Um, and that's the hard part of releasing the things that we do in our lives that seems the things that seem to be working, but we recognize that there might be something greater out there and we accept that with humility. The next one is that you fill your whole being with the Word of God. For some, this might be too churchy. You know, this this isn't about necessarily uh, memorization of scripture, um, but it is this concept of saying, "I need to fill myself with something 
And it needs to be something that comes from God. And so for now, we definitely have Scripture. There's other ways to see Scripture in this world um, through nature and other things as well. But the one for sure way that we have is that is that of the Word of God. And so finding your way to be filled with it, spending more time in God's Word, um, not as a, a form of... of, of um, punishment um but this idea that i want uh, i want to cooperate more with god so i need to find out what he's saying and we can see that um through his word the fourth one is that you watch carefully what you let your mind dwell on right and so when you hear this in the past we you know we said oh it, it, you can't listen to that rock and roll music or that rap music whatever or, or we can't watch those types of movies or, or tv shows or whatever um yes those things matter. Those are things that you we all need to come to grips with. But really what this what I, I want to challenge you with to think here is this idea of watching carefully what you let your mind dwell on, more on things like um punishment or um revenge or hate or what things you think you are owed, right? This, this idea that if I if I allow my mind to stay focused on what that person did to me or what I'm going to do back to them. Or or maybe I, I, if I want to focus on, I want to make sure that I get mine in this world and I'm, I'm always focusing on how to make more money or, or how to get ahead at, at my job, right? If I'm focusing on those things, then, then my mind begins to dwell on them and it affects who I am. And so there's something about that, not just, we, we don't just, you know, pay attention to the, the songs or the movies or the TV shows we watch. You know, those, that's, that's kind of it. But it's more of what do we let our minds dwell on when we lay down in bed or when we're alone or when we're exercising, whatever. What are those things that keep filling our heads? What, what are those, those thoughts? And, and are they the ones that, um, that the God that I'm getting to know wants me to focus on? So I think if you can think about those four things, four things, um, I think they will give you uh, a way to to start um, to understand this concept of of being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so, a marker of having a life conformed by Jesus has three markers, right? And that's that's where we go back to our triangle: the up, the in, and the out. and remember, as we talk about this, this is lived theology, right? This is this is things that we do now. And so the first marker is God-centered, is up. And um, and I want to kind of just kind of move into some application, thinking about what does this what does this mean for us? What does this look like in our lives? Um, what does it challenge us to be? And I want to um, I want you to see that that um, this passage Romans twelve one through two is challenging us. I want to read it all together one more time, and I want you to kind of hear what it's telling us to be. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true, uh, proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. So when you're God-centered, it says you're no longer conformed to the pattern of this world. But you're being transformed so that you can see God's will, that you can see something greater that's happening here. And one way that I've heard this, a challenge for us, is this concept. Oh, this is a horrible picture that I put in here. Um, but um, this concept is, are you a thermometer or are you a thermostat, right? And so um, 
if your uh, a thermometer just tells you what the temperature of the room is, but a thermostat sets the temperature of the room. So this idea, if you're conformed to the pattern of this world, you're a thermometer. You're what the world is saying. If it's hot out, you're hot. If it's cold out, it's cold. If you're angry, if the world's angry, you're angry, right? But what this is calling us to be is that when our when we are God-centered, when we are allowing our minds to be transformed, we're offering our bodies a living sacrifice, we become thermostats. We become people who affect culture. We become people who set the temperature around us. And so that's the challenge for you is, is what does it look like for you? Are you a thermostat or are you a thermometer? You know, um, this idea, does your life just reflect what's going on around you or do you change what's around you? And that's what it means to be God-centered. That's what it means to have a lived theology is that you are somebody that is affecting the culture, not being affected by culture. And so that's a challenge. What's that look like for you as well? And before we move on from this, there's one other concept that we talk about in, in Common Thread that I want to uh, I want to address right now. Um, it's kind of outside of what it means to be God-centered, but I think this is in this Romans 12, 1 through 2, you're going to see this concept um, is that um, a lot of ways that people have taught um, to become a part of God's um, church or to be part of our church, that there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's these three words, believe, behave, belong. And um, they're all important words, um, but how they're presented, the order they're presented in is important. And so I want to I kind of say that I think in the past, um, many churches have, have put the concept that you first, that you need to believe, that you need to, you need to believe in God. And then once you believe, you're going to start acting right. And once you start, once you believe, once you behave, then you belong to God's church. Then you can be a part of who we are. Once you, once you uh, know the right words to to say, and then you start acting the right way. And once you have your life in order, then you belong. And I want to say this: Romans twelve one through two. I'm going to go back to it real clear. This idea that I, therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, um, that that, and then it says, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies. And then your minds will be transformed. And so I want to suggest that the order should be that first, in order of God's mercies, is that you belong. Is that God is saying, you are already my child. And since you belong, start acting right. Start doing, start joining in what we're doing. Become what we are about. See us. You know, that's what Jesus did is that, is if you look at what, how he, um, he, he, he developed his, his disciples, his apostles, is that he says, come and follow me. And so they come and follow me, and then he starts doing things with them. And as they start doing things, then you see that their lives, that they start believing. It's really not until after Jesus dies do they truly believe, right? And so this concept of belong, behave, believe is seen in the apostles' lives. And I want to suggest that is what God is, is wants us to be about as well as a church, as common thread, uh, as people that, that we recognize that we, because of God's mercies, we belong, that we are his children, and that we should start doing, we should start behaving, we should start joining in what he's doing in our community. And then as those things happen, our belief system, our minds begin to be transformed. And so 
this is something I want to kind of leave at your feet. Um, that, that that is a concept that we at Common Thread practice is is the order of belong, behave, believe. And that's why you see so many times we ask people to, to start doing things as quickly as possible, not because um, they believe necessarily the right things, but because they are already part of an incredible family that God has invited them into. There is this transformation. There is this idea of what it means to accept Christ and, and that kind of stuff as well. But even be before that, there is this concept that I am, that we are children of God. And so, as we close up this podcast about um, replacing power and privilege, and that as we become God-centered lives, um, I want us to remember that that you, to have lived theology, the goal is to be transformed like Jesus. And to be transformed like Jesus, you start with having your life God-centered, or you focus on your up. And so from Romans 12, 1 and 2, we say that the, the way that we can focus on our up is by offering our lives as living sacrifices and renewing our minds. And what we talked about Sunday was this idea that those are daily decisions of giving yourself to something greater. So it's in what we do and how we think. So the challenge for you is, is how how do you do this? How do you grow in your up? How do you how do you off, begin to offer your body as a living sacrifice? And how do you renew your mind? What are those practical ways? And so um, we have a, a place of discussion uh, in our Faith Life app, app that we use. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, you're not part of that, um, email me or contact me on, on our Facebook page and we can get you into that. It's free. Um, and it's just a great way to continue the, this, this discussion. But the challenge now is how do you grow in your up? How do you grow in becoming a living sacrifice? How do you become, how do you grow in, in the things that you do and, and devoting those to God? And how do you go grow in what it means to renew your mind, to, to give your thoughts, to be transformed by what God is offering you? Hope that gives you something to chew on. I hope you have a great day. Grace and peace.